Is pastoral work uniquely difficult? Two days ago, a pastor named Alexander Lang published a post which blew up into a storm about pastoral culture. As his ministry in First Presbyterian Church of Arlington Heights drew to a close and he called time on pastoral work in general, Alexander shared some of his reasoning. The post sparked a polarised response online, surprise, surprise, ranging between those who empathised and identified with his position and those who saw the expression of such sentiments as a signal that Alexander was never a true pastor. Some of the commentary around the article focused on the theological tradition that the author and his church occupy, suggesting that his concerns were specific to that context. Without seeking to arbitrate between such radically different views, this post will ask a simple question springing from Lang's writing. Is pastoral work uniquely difficult? It is probably best to give my answer to that question at the outset and then proceed to think through some ramifications from it in the rest of the piece below. So here goes. Question. Is pastoral work uniquely difficult? Answer. No. Yes. And it's complicated. Number one, no, because every vocation carries challenge. At the end of the most severe stages of the global pandemic of 2020 to 2022, I posted a thread to Twitter which was later picked up by the Good Book Company blog. My contention was that the rigours of the pandemic had left those in full-time ministry discouraged and a little battered, and that churches needed to be alive to how that impact was playing out in many lives. The response, particularly on Twitter itself, was quite overwhelming. Many pastors contacted me publicly and privately to share how much they identified with what was posted and how tough things continued to be for them. So far, so therapeutic. Sometime later, David Baker of Christian Today wrote a response to the original tweets in which he gently pushed back on isolating the pressures and weariness brought on through pastoral ministry. In a well-worded and thoughtful piece, Baker suggested that singling ministers out for the stress they were facing could be ill-advised in the widespread weariness of our world. It was a counterpoint worth making. An article like that of Alexander Lang lifts a lid on pastoral pressures and, as will be evidenced later, this is vitally important. The danger, however, is that we now live in a cultural ecosystem permeated by pressure, in which unreasonable demands can be commonplace. In that world, itemising why pastoral culture and ministry is often a crucible can sound like self-pity or special pleading. Congregations are ripe with people who are under pressure. In any given Sunday morning service, there can be those who work in the health service and they are understaffed and underpaid in their department. Social workers could be in attendance who feel insolubly conflicted by the compassion that brought them into their vocation and the caseloads and legislation that bind their hands. Factory workers covering 12-hour shifts in physically punishing environments may struggle to see how their pastor's pressure is different from their own. And the unemployed church member who is watching their financial security circle the drain might find their compassion levels for clergy stress stretch to the limit. The list could go on. The truth is, this is a hard-nosed world we live in, and many people are desperately pressed by their circumstances. This means that a figure that tells us that, as of March 2022, 42% of pastors considered quitting needs to be set in the context of how many other employees in the wider world, many of them vocationally trained, have likewise felt like moving away from their chosen occupation or career. 
All of this could work against pastors convening a global pity party around their unique pressures and should lead to nuanced statements around the very real challenges they face, acknowledging that many fellow Christians in other contexts feel exactly the same. 2. Yes, because it ought to be. When thinking through pastoral pressure, it is important to recognise that some of the strains of pastoral ministry are legitimate, inevitable and even biblical. Ministry is not undertaken in lush meadows or stained glass libraries, but in the cut and thrust and the ruin and rubble of a fallen world. To shepherd God's people means entering every valley with them, sometimes suffering for their sake, and often enduring being misunderstood and opposed. Under these terms, the young person who witnesses the online pulpit labours of a favourite preacher and decides that ministry is their destiny can quite quickly hit the rocks of reality when the pain and discomfort of the work kick in. Pastoral work is hard, and it is meant to be. When the Apostle Paul counselled Timothy about passing the baton of ministry in 2 Timothy chapter 2, his metaphors were borrowed from the theatre of conflict, the sports arena, and the realm of farming. None of these worlds are identified with comfort or cushy numbers. The thorns and thistles which bedevil physical horticulture are also present in the work of ministry. The pastor serves in an environment of inherent resistance and spiritual warfare, and those who bear no scars have fought no battles. The only way to avoid these things is to refuse to enter the ministry. If the pastor is an under-shepherd serving the great shepherd, then the course of their career will not be an upward curve, but an ever-downward tilt towards the cross. Jesus suffered to relieve us from eternal suffering, but he never promised us any kind of options on temporal difficulties. The Apostle Paul's description of ministry dynamics in 2 Corinthians shows over and over again that servants of Jesus are poured out for the gospel, often stretched beyond natural capacity, and that the best of what they can offer to others often comes from their own crucible experiences. Every challenge from the pulpit about entering ministry and every prospectus for every seminary should carry a health warning about these things. They are not merely obstacles to ministry, but often the very means by which God's will is worked out through his servants. 3. It's complicated because churches are. If personal expectations can help us to face the inevitable pressures of ministry, then redefining corporate expectations might alleviate some of the unnecessary strains that ministry entails. Irreducible as pastoral suffering can be, many of the pressures pastors face come from sources and as a consequence of behaviours that are neither biblical nor inherent to the task. Much of Alexander Lang's valedictory article centres around expectation, and this can be the final chokehold on a pastor's resolve to remain in the work. An individual might, and must, embrace the suffering attendant on serving the Saviour, but it is often the additional and unbiblical demands of the role that are their undoing. This is where the uniqueness of pastoral pressure really comes in. Where a pastor is expected to produce edifying and God-glorifying sermons, to oil the wheels of the church's administration, to buoy up the spirits of a ministry team, to solely visit across a large membership, to be on call 24-7, to be an attentive husband and father, to connect with every ministry associated with their church, to provide counselling across complex issues, to mentor the next generation of ministers and to deepen their ministry through reading, reflection and research, something is going to give. This is particularly so if much of their activity operates against the grain of their gifting and calling. 
Some of these pressures are inherent to the task of pastoring, but many of them are man-made or humanly enforced. Many of them can also be successfully undertaken through plural eldership and a motivated membership. No individual can bear the weight of doing all these things well. This is where things are complicated. For a pastor to complain about undue burdens can sound like an unspiritual complaint against their vocation or can paradoxically be received in an environment where the only points of reference that elders or members have is their own professional lives. A pastor can be overburdened and silent for long enough that sudden departure from a church or the ministry altogether can seem like their only logical or possible step. This is particularly likely where the only interest taken in them by fellow leaders is professional rather than personal, in terms of output rather than investment into their lives in ministry. The problem that Lang's article raises is not unique to his experience, and it begs for churches and pastors to engage in dialogue about where pressure points arise, where the lines of divine and human expectations meet and diverge, and what can practically be done about it. Individuals who have so much to offer whose gifting, character and calling are evident, are leaving local church work not because they are unwilling to suffer legitimate ministry pain, but because arbitrary demands springing from what Walter Brueggemann describes as a pharaoh economy have made their lives and their work impossible. Conclusion Are pastors facing unique pressures in their ministries? No. Yes. And it's complicated. Pastors are well advised to stay away from self-pity and special pleading while embracing the necessary suffering that serving the Saviour brings. Churches, and particularly those with oversight responsibilities to their pastors, must seriously assess the expectations placed on those who serve in full-time ministry and do all in their power to open communication, accommodation and cultural change where needed.